time for Conversations with MIT Medical. Care for the community. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. The use of a computer working in awkward positions in your laboratory and lifting heavy objects are just some examples of tasks that can lead to persistent muscle aches, tendon inflammation, compression of nerves, and subsequent disability that in some cases may be permanent, and it could happen to you. My guest today is Dr. David Diamond. He's a physician specializing in environmental and occupational medicine at MIT Medical. Welcome to the show, Dr. Diamond. So let's talk about ergonomic stresses and injuries that you see at MIT Medical, and what are some of the causes of them? Well, thank you, and uh, good day to you. Um, We see overuse-related symptoms due to the kinds of activities that are most common here at MIT. Needless to say, there's a lot of computer use and overuse, and so we'll see problems usually in the arms, hands, sometimes shoulder and neck related to computer use. But there are others here who do activities repetitively, forcefully, or awkwardly, which also can lead to such injuries. They include animal care technicians, dental hygienists, uh, chemists, and other researchers. And, of course, the facilities workers, uh, the groundskeepers, and the custodians. Well, and let's not forget it's a college campus, so there is phone use, and you and I even mentioned off-air a little bit of text thumb, and so, I mean, there are these overuse injuries that you must be seeing a lot of, so first of all, let's just get your first best bit of advice. If someone comes to you and they have pain in their thumbs or pain in their neck or pain in their forearms or elbow, what do you tell them to do as sort of a first line of defense? Well, I think you're making and will make the assumption that they've made the connection between something they're doing and a symptom they're having. And usually that's true. Usually people will notice that their symptom is related and increased or developed when they started doing some new activity or increased the amount of that activity. And um, so having made that connection, we sort of have the diagnosis. So the question is, what should they do? So the simple answer, and sometimes they'll get this from other people, they'll say, well, if it hurts you to do that, don't do it. To which the answer is, what well, I have to do it. It's my research. It's my work. It's, a, it's an essential function of what I do. So then we say, well, let's do it smarter. Let's do it smarter. So we have to look at four kind of factors around these overuse activities. And the first is, is what is the position that you're assuming when you're doing the activity? In other words, is it an awkward posture or grip or uh, position that you're taking that requires more work to do the work that you need to do? So if a keyboard is too high or too low or a monitor is too far away or a pen is thin and slippery so you have to grip it tightly or your lab bench is set up so you have to hold your arm and hand above your shoulder to complete a task, we say, you have to change the position of what you're doing to reduce the force that is needed and ultimately the work that is the body has to do. Because if you reduce the work and keep within what the body's comfortable doing, it won't lead to those symptoms. The symptoms are kind of towards the end of a, of a, a chain of events that occurs. 
before people have pain or numbness, the muscles and the tendons have to be exhausted. And once they're exhausted, they start converting to a type of physiology which produces more byproducts and leads to swelling and increased warmth. And those then lead to stretching and pressure, which then lead to discomfort. So if you wait till the discomfort develops, you've already at the end of a process that you want to uh, prevent further upstream. So we try to get people to work within what's comfortable for them by first adjusting the position, adjusting the work to fit the person, not the person to fit the work. And that's the first thing and the thing that the people think about first with ergonomics. Ergonomics is fitting work to people, not people to work. So they think about, oh, I need a keyboard tray or a monitor for my uh, screen or a special kind of mouse or I'm going to have something to hold my laptop in a way that positions the monitor better, or instead of holding my my iPad in my hand, I'm going to prop it up on a stand, or do something where you're not holding an awkward position for long periods of time. Which brings us to the second factor. The second factor is uh, pacing. How long do you do an activity before you take a break? So... People will sit at a computer, basically hypnotized by their work for hours on end without taking a break unless they have to go to the bathroom and they get thirsty or fall asleep. And the body isn't designed to sit still for two or three hours holding a position and the hands being held over the keyboard. What we recommend is frequent short breaks where you interrupt the activity of those muscles and tendons and allow them to take a breath. So frequent pauses is, is often a solution to many ergonomic issues. Even if you can't get an ideal position, if you take these short breaks where you go into a more neutral position and do a stretch and take a deep breath and close your eyes and look in the distance, put down the pen rather than hold it in the ready position, um, those sort of pacing breaks are very important to maintain what is more of a marathon than a sprint when it comes to these types of activities. So position and pacing are two of the factors. The third factor we emphasize is what we call technique, and that refers to how the person does the task. Are they hitting the keyboard very hard? Are they holding their hands in awkward positions? Are they gripping too tightly onto a device? Um, so these are more uh, subtle things that people can do that alter the way uh, they do a task that reduces, again, the work of that task and the impact on the body. Some people will switch over and use voice systems. So instead of texting, many uh, smartphones, now, of course, you can speak to it and it goes voice to text. That certainly will reduce the repetitiveness of the use of the thumbs. Um, and many people who are using uh, PCs or laptops will similarly use voice systems as a way of reducing the keystrokes. So that can be helpful. The fourth thing, and this applies a lot to the office ergonomics, but to others as well, is what we call what, what exercise. The fourth thing is exercise. So what do we mean by that? It doesn't mean grabbing a stress ball and squeezing it or lifting weights or becoming Charles Atlas or super strong, 
This is not an issue of strength, generally. It's an issue of endurance. So what we're looking for is cardiovascular fitness. Many people here are not out doing exercise. They're in labs doing research and and, uh, and brain work, but not body work. And if they neglect their body, it's not able to sustain these activities very well. We find people do very well if they get out and do some aerobic exercise to get the blood flowing, to restore the tissues, to use the larger muscles and the posture muscles and get some more resilience so that when they go and do their work, um, they're in a better position to sustain that work. Well, you mentioned at the beginning, Dr. Diamond, that's if they recognize the fact that these aches and pains are related to basic biomechanics of what they're doing. So uh, what what do you want them to know? What symptoms should really be red flags that they would say, okay, yeah, this is what this is. It's not just some little problem that I'm having, but it is actually from a repetitive stress injury, something chronic that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, one of the most common symptoms is uh, discomfort or pain. It starts as a mild ache, which might get better at the end of the day or after the weekend. But then if it's sustained and increases in the course of the week or in the course of several days activity, and of course, and, and you're not giving yourself a periods of rest in between, then it begins to accumulate and it becomes cumulative, which is one of the names for these disorders, cumulative stress disorder. So uh, discomfort, leading on to pain is certainly one symptom. And again, in those muscles, tendons, joints that are being used in the activity. The next kind of symptom is numbness, tingling, or kind of nerve symptoms. And this comes from pressure that is put on nerves during certain awkward positions or static positions. And that's often described as tingling, often in computer users, it's in the fourth and fifth digit of the hand, but it could be at the thumb, it could be in the shoulder, it can be referred from the neck. This tingling is often a sign that you have a uh, ergonomically related condition. Um, those are the principal ones. Weakness comes late and often is not one of the symptoms, but when there's enough pain, people then begin to stop using muscles and they will note some decreased strength and we often will see that their grip strength is diminished mostly because it causes pain to squeeze tightly. It's really great information. It's so important to hear because so many people now, as you say, at MIT Medical and at MIT, they're doing brain work so they're not necessarily thinking of some of this while we need them to do that brain work because... This is, this is world-class work. We also need to keep them healthy while they're doing it. So what other services are available through MIT Medical's Employee Health, Occupational, and Environmental Medicine Service? So we work very much in conjunction with our colleagues across campus to have a multimodal, multi-specialty kind of approach to this. So the first thing is that we have information available, both in printed and online form, through our website and there are links from both MIT Medical and from the MIT website and from the Environmental Health and Safety website to information regarding repetitive strain injuries. 
And at that website, there is a list of resources to that are available to people of the MIT community. The first is an online training, an ergonomic training that people can do by just uh, logging on, which walks them through an audit of their own work and to try to adjust their workstation and their work practice to avoid injury. People, after completing that, can actually have an in-person audit by an ergonomic specialist, someone from the Industrial Hygiene Group of our Environment, Health, and Safety, will come and walk, look over the workstation and make recommendations as to how things could be improved. There also is a center called the Access for Information and Technology Center, ATIC, which is in Building 7 here at MIT, where they have various keyboards, pointing devices, and other adaptations for people who might want to try them um, as a way of reducing the stress on their hands and arms during computer work. They also have voice systems and are up-to-date on the latest ergonomic devices that have been tried for various activities at MIT. Um, In addition, there is a disability office which helps employees and students work out accommodations to their work during their period of healing. That's also true on the academic side where Student Support Service Disability Office will help uh, students uh, adjust their academic load while they're going through a healing process. In addition, procurement, where chairs, workstation, keyboard trays, and so on are obtained here at MIT for employees, can help supply ergonomic equipment, which has been vetted and approved for use at MIT. Wow. Well, there seems to be so many resources available for people with these types of injuries to hopefully prevent them in the first place. Best advice, Dr. Diamond, really summarize it all for us and what you want the MIT students to know and faculty to know about ways to prevent repetitive stress injuries, the best ergonomics, biomechanics, ways that they can work smart. Well, I think The first thing is to be aware that this exists and that many people uh, are vulnerable to it here at MIT due to the nature of the work. To try to to be proactive and adapt their workstation and work practice to minimize the stress and strain. And then to recognize the earliest symptoms and respond appropriately, by which I mean adjusting workstation and work practice and getting further advice from these resources rather than first aid treatment of taking pain medicines, putting on braces, or otherwise trying to reduce the signals that their body is giving them that they need to alter what they're doing. We don't want people to work less. We want them to work smart. And in fact, if people do follow proper ergonomics, productivity is increased. There's adequate research to show that. So we want them to know that their information is here and that the treatment as well as the prevention is knowledge. And we're happy to share that with them. I would mention that in the last five years or more, 
we've seen a decrease in the number of visits to medical for these issues. And we believe it's because, indeed, the information is generally available and people are taking those first steps to avoid getting to the point where they feel that they really have to be seen by a medical professional. Our role is to prevent rather than to treat, but when we need to treat, to treat properly, which includes looking at the causes for this rather than just treating the symptoms. Thank you so much, Dr. Diamond. A really well put and such important information. You're listening to Conversations with MIT Medical. And for more information, you can go to medical.mit.edu. That's medical.mit.edu. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.